Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're doing live. We're doing live. We just can't get enough. It's a new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're doing live. We're doing live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're doing live. We're doing live. We're doing live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Tavora. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Yes, and we always try and make it sound so special. So thank you for joining me on uh, a solo attempt on my part of the new media show, minus Todd Cochran, who is uh, on the road. So thank you so much for joining me on the show. I have a, a terrific show planned, and, and we're, we're going to talk about kind of podcasting 2.0 today a little bit and kind of dive into the details on that, and it's very exciting. I've got a couple of terrific guests that are certainly in the midst of that world, and um, I'm sure many of you are very familiar with James Cridlin, the editor-in-chief of Pod News at podnews.net. He keeps us up to date every every workday on what's happening around the world in podcasting. And Sam Sethi, who's the CEO of a kind of a, uh, a new platform that's supporting all the podcasting 2.0 standards, and that's at podfans.fm. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for streaming live. I know James, you're up uh, pretty early down in Australia. No, I'm up, today. I'm I'm up pretty early, but that's that's all okay, really. Yeah. And it's probably fairly normal. I'm sure you do this quite often. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's a it, it's a wonderful place to live, but it's also a very, very long way away, uh, it turns out. So uh and the time zone is not is not fantastic, but still there we are. Yeah, and it's great. It's uh, it's coming into summer for you, and we're all getting cold out here. So it, it is, and in fact, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I have I have uh, two apps on the phone. One app on the phone is um, my uh, weather app, which was telling me uh, yesterday that we have a heat wave warning for this week, uh, and the other app that I have is a is a fires app, which tells me whether the uh, you know whether the country is bursting into flames near me. Oh, there so you it's go. all. It's all going on. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I kind of wish I was warm now. So I'm it's funny <laughs> yeah, how we well. uh, we kind of feel in the summer months. It's like, oh, I'm so hot all the time. I want yeah. it to be a little cooler. Well, and then, then we get into the cooler and then we want it to be I, warmer I, again. But I'm sure for Sam, for Sam, he's outside. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, um, it, if right. he was to look outside, it would be drizzling and, and wet. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd never noticed the difference anymore. It's just constant. <laughs> It is the weather. We don't have an app for it because there is no yeah. change. It's the weather. Yes. Well, that's enough of the weather weather talk on the podcast here. But uh, Sam, thank you for joining again. I know bo- both of you guys are f- fairly regular on this uh, show. And then also both of you guys do your own podcast too. I want you to share some information about that, your Pod News Weekly that you guys do together. I don't know. Over to you, James. Go on. Oh, okay. Right. It's, Go ahead and plug your podcast. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so, and Todd, Todd will love us uh, plugging uh, our podcast okay. uh, on this. Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, we need to be uh, obviously careful there. Um, news live. I, I, had, I had my little... Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to battle you with my audio to play over the top of it. That's <laughs> quite enough of that. Um, anyway, um, uh, yes, uh, so we do a weekly uh, show which is um, all about uh, podcasting, essentially much the same as yours, to be honest, um, yeah. without uh, without Todd telling you to go out and buy your own .com. Um, uh, it's called uh, the Pod News Weekly Review. Um, you'll find it at weekly.podnews.net. Um, there's a lot of interviews in there. Um, Sam is very good at finding excellent people to interview um yeah. and and i'm very good at trying to make sure that it um it, it doesn't last uh, um a four and a half hours so um yeah but it's uh, it's uh, really good yeah you should go and have a listen yeah no i think you should so i've been on that show before and it's it, it's terrific and i know sam you have, you have co-hosted it i that's true and mm. and sam i know you've been working hard on this uh pod fans platform mm-hmm. for or what a couple of years now, or what's the, uh, what's the duration? Year and a half. Year and a half. It was last October okay. that we they, we started doing a little bit of it, and then we stopped. And it was like okay, and then we really went for it last October. So yeah, it's day in day out every day. But I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. Loving it. <laughs> and Mark uh, Asquith, thank you for the the comments here. It's always great to have you with us. But um, well, let's let's dive into it. I know. I got an email from you, um, Sam, about um, this alternate enclosure tag, and I thought that was an interesting um, idea that has been, you know, talked about in the podcasting space. I mean, if I think about it, it goes way back um, many, many years ago, back when um, video podcasting was a big thing, <laughs> back in the oh, yeah. early days of the medium. And, a little, and frankly, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, I've been shocked I shouldn't say I've been shocked. I've just been a little bit surprised that a lot of people don't really fully understand what the history of this medium has been. And there was a time fairly early in the medium when video was probably 30% of the market. I mean, I'm true video podcasting and there's a distinction here and that's that the enclosure tag in the RSS was a video file. And, and so I think I'll, you know, there's a lot of discussion right now about, well, what is a podcast and what is a video podcast, mm-hmm. right? And I think we're all open to maybe expanding that um, definition a little bit to include what's happening at YouTube today. But there's also a lot of folks that are kind of pushing back on that too. So it's like, well, it can't be called a podcast unless it's in an RSS feed. So, so that's why I thought this was an interesting discussion was this whole concept of trying to have an audio and video file in the RSS. And I'm just curious, you know, Sam and, and, and James, what you think about that? I mean, what's the implications of that as you look to the future? So I've been talking, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll start because I started the email. I, I've been talking to Todd for six months plus now about the alternate enclosure tag. Uh, it's part of the podcasting to namespace it's it's a completely out there ratified extension mm-hmm. and todd being what you and him do this show for example but also uh, you know geek news as well you have two feeds you have a feed that is a video feed and a feed that is a podcast feed and i said i said mm-hmm. to todd why aren't you using the alternate enclosures? And he said, oh, no, because of Apple, I have to have two feeds. I need to have one that goes as a video feed so that people can watch it in Apple as a video 
same with the podcast because they don't support the alternative enclosure. I went, fine, no problem. And that got battered back and forth between us uh, and it led to nothing. This week, uh, Alberto from rss.com said, look, um, I'm going to use live to video broadcast into a number of different applications, you know, Podfans, Fountain, Podverse, Podguru, and it was great. And for the first time, James can, you know, confirm all, all this, but I think it's the first time that we've had a, a live event using the lit tag with basically audio and video capability. And the mm-hmm. live tag also supports the alternative enclosure. So within that live tag, you could put an audio feed and a separate video feed. So then I started looking at the new media show, actual RSS feed, mm-hmm. and you actually have the alternate enclosure in your live feed. You have, but what Todd or whoever has done is put in the main enclosure, you've got MP3 and in the alternative enclosure, you've got MP3. And then Mm -hmm. if you have a look at your video feed, you've got basically the video in the main and the video in the alternative. So the email I sent you is, look, why don't you just put the alternative closure as the video for this audio feed and put the Mm -hmm. audio in the video feed, right? So you're not having, if you scroll to the right, um, Rob, just slightly, you'll see the end where it says alternative enclosures, you'll see they're both the same file again. And it just seemed right. to me that you've got everything there. It's not a lot of work to change one URL in one feed, one URL in another, and suddenly, boom, you're supporting the alternative enclosure and you're giving people the choice to watch or to listen to you. So again, within right. pod fans, as you can hmm. see there, we did an experiment. We did actually that. We copied over your video feed into your audio and your audio into mm-hmm. your video and I just played it in Podfans. It comes up with MP3 and it comes up with video. I clicked on the video and there you go. It plays the video in the podcast app. Not a lot of work was done. It takes five minutes to do and it supports mm. the alternative enclosure and it gives the podcasting 2.0 community, you know, that one leg up against what we're seeing with YouTube currently. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was talking about. James, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, just to sort of reel this back a little bit, I think one of the um, things that doesn't work very well in the podcasting world is if you've got a video uh, feed and an audio feed, then that's essentially split. So what you're producing there is you're producing two different shows. You're producing two different shows that Apple Podcasts will treat differently, that Apple Mm -hmm. Podcasts will promote differently. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that, you know, with Google, you don't want to split your Google juice. You don't want to have um, copies of of different things all over the place because then Google doesn't know which to promote. Exactly the same thing goes in terms of of a podcast as well. And so it's really confusing when you do a a web search for, for example, the new media show, you end up with two different different shows. One of them is uh, the audio version. One of them is a version with video on. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you know, the, the point behind the alternate enclosure, a part of the point behind the alternate enclosure was to get rid of those, uh, additional feeds, make life easier for the listener because they've only got one new media show to go and find. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start having a look at, um, you know, some of the, um, and Adam will hate me calling this a new podcast app, but YouTube music, um, YouTube music, when you're listening to a particular, um, podcast on YouTube music, then what YouTube music allows you to do is it allows you to flick between the audio and the video, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of that. Now it's not quite the same cause it's not using alternate enclosures, but right. that's the sort of user experience that would be quite useful to yeah. enable. 
um, so that you can have a listen to a, a video um, um, uh, or an audio uh, file. If you're uh, you know, commuting on the bus, you can watch the video. Great. And when you get off, you can turn it back onto audio-only mode and carry on walking around. So, um, yeah, so I think it's a, it's a really good thing if we can actually turn that on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really plays into this kind of convergence strategy that I'm I'm really talking about a lot now, and and this whole thing of of trying to produce video at the same time you're producing the audio, if you can do that, and so, sometimes mm. that makes sense, and sometimes that doesn't. It just depends on the type of show and the format and things like that. But you know, some podcasts will always be just strictly audio, um, and that's mm. perfectly fine. Um, but I think that there's other shows like this one, uh, obviously the new media show is a perfect example of that. And I'm doing a, a new show for StreamYard now that's moving in that direction too, of, of mm. having that support across all that stuff as well. It mm. does take a little bit of work to get, you know, everything set up and get everything working properly and getting all these things. But if you can set up one account, uh, with these hosting platforms and be able to upload a video and an audio file to that account, then, yeah, because right, right now I have to create two separate RSS feeds, one for mm -hmm. video, one for audio. And that's kind of like, just like what you say, James, I've been, I've been thinking about this for many years, is that this combining of the two mediums makes a lot of sense, right? Um, if a show wants to support that. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely, and and you know you can use uh, you can use alternate enclosures for other things. Um, yeah, Pod News, um, the Pod News uh, feed, for example, the Pod News Daily feed um, has a video in there. It's not really a video; it's just um, it's just a fancy uh, graphic. But it's also got two different audio versions. Um, one of those audio versions is the nice big. 128k version that um, everybody uh, is used to um, here in the West, but actually in some places like South Africa, the cost of uh, bandwidth is massively, massively expensive. Um, and so what we make available in that feed is a very low bit rate. It's a 16 kilobits uh, no, file through Opus, and um, which is playable on any Android phone and any iOS phone. So that actually, if mm -hmm. you're in a bandwidth-starved uh, place, you can actually get a, a, a different version of the Pod News Daily podcast, which only consumes um, about a tenth of the, the bandwidth. So you can use it for a lot of different, of, of different things. But I think that actually helps us um, make sure that all of these different versions of the show that we produce are under one listing in Apple Podcasts, one listing in Spotify, one listing in, you know, all of the other podcast apps as well. And this is actually how Spotify works already. I know that Spotify is a proprietary um, uh, service mm -hmm. when it comes to video. But, um, yeah, if you want to turn video on, on, you know, when you're watching Joe Rogan, then it's just a little, a little yeah. one button and away you go. Yeah, but... I was Joe Rogan's say. not a podcast anymore, right, James? Well, well I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it is, Rob. I, mean, I know he is. I'm just teasing. You. But <laughs> but there are some in the podcast industry that that think Joe's no longer a podcast. I know he still has his active RSS feed on on Lipson, but he's not using it. Yeah. So. No, I think I, I think it's important. It's important for us to split the two sets of people. There are um, people yeah. who um, are very keen. It's like the, the you know the work that I've been doing. 
um, for the YouTube Music app this week. Um, uh, YouTube Music is a really bad thing for podcast for the podcast industry. Um, uh, you know, there's lots of bad uh, things about that, but for listeners, it's an amazing thing. 58% right. of Americans don't listen to podcasts uh, every month. So if we can convert some of those 58% um, using the second largest search engine, um, you know, using using a massive, great big um, uh, app, which is pre-installed on all new Android phones, then great. And I think we just need to bear in mind, yeah, you know, it's, it's um, um, there are things that we want that are good for the podcast industry. And then there are things... Um, that we want that are good for listeners and they don't they aren't always the same <laughs> no, <they're not. laughs> and i agree with you that's a good example of that um and, and then also you know if and this is how i think about it is it, well i mean what what is youtube strength uh youtube strength mm. is video right and if we're taking audio and putting it into youtube that's not playing to youtube strength now granted yeah. looking at the future maybe YouTube can become a stronger consumption app uh, for audio. Um, it's never going to be audio. It'll always be a video, but that's more of a technical distinction, not a yeah, UI but, distinction. But YouTube right? Music, uh, I think I think the difference right. is, and, the, and, the, and this is the hugely complicated thing, is that YouTube right. Music um, is an audio app. That's exactly what YouTube uh, Music is. So it's a separate app which does audio, and it does audio for music, and it does audio for podcasts in there as well. And you can subscribe to RSS feeds in YouTube music. So I think, I, I think that's the other sort of uh, side of it, um, you know, that we just need to be um, uh, careful about. So that actually YouTube is a brand and it's got a video player and an audio player in there as well. And the Pod News Weekly Review, by the way, looks fantastic. Uh, if yeah. you subscribe using RSS, it's got no, no weirdly, no podcasting 2.0 features. Can't think why. Um, but nevertheless, it looks fine. Um, uh, but of course, you can get um, the Pod News Weekly Review as a as a smushed up audio video file uh, on the proper YouTube as well. So, uh, yeah. But, but you know, so um, w with all of this, all, all of this um, comes back to alternate enclosures being really helpful for mm -hmm. people like YouTube and for people um, like yeah. uh, Spotify, neither of which are using um, this particular standard, but, you know, it's early days, um, but also useful for many other um, use cases as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a good... That's a good point. I think that, uh, you know, it, it does seem a little silly to me that they didn't embrace the import of um, video files through RSS. Yeah, I can um, probably understand. I can probably understand why that would be a massive backdoor. Sam, you were trying to uh, to uh, jump in there. Well, no, I was just saying with, with Todd and Rob's show, for example, if you took what you're doing now, Todd, uh, Rob, and you took the URL and you put it into the live item tag and you took the audio, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have to broadcast this on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, right, as you're doing now. You could have then mm -hmm. said, hey, you can go and look at it on any podcasting 2.0 app live right now using that same feed, the one we've got here. Right. So I could watch it or I can listen to it in there. But what would also be clever is that you could have people paying you in sats to stream while they're watching that because they can't do it as we are now through right. Twitter or through YouTube. Um, and the last part is what was really interesting from PodCon uh, in Mexico uh, is that there was a back channel for conversations. So, mm -hmm. yes, within StreamYard, you've got the ability to accept comments, but also within the podcasting apps using boosts, again, with payments, you could have a back channel where there is a conversation. So 
what you're doing now is you're creating a live audio and video feed and broadcasting that out to endpoints through StreamYard. But you could take that same URL and put it into your live item tag of your feed. Mm -hmm. Use PodPing to alert all the podcasting to our apps. We're live, which is really what StreamYard did to Twitter and everyone else. And at the same point, have those people who are participating in the world of micropayments paying you as well. So again, it's an evolution, not a revolution, and it takes steps. But one of those steps I was trying to get you and Todd to do was to switch your audio and video in those feeds so you had one of each in the same feeds keep two feeds todd's never gonna for now take two feeds and smash them into one because he will always argue apple 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 need to have a separate feed but you can be smart and use the alternative enclosure so that podcasting 2.0 apps those people watching and listening there will have a choice and that's all i was trying to say yeah, just to kind of clarify on something, I am streaming through Todd's channels right now. So it's possible maybe that it did um, trigger a ping out to all of the the podcasting 2.0 apps for this episode. Is that oh, Sam, will, Sam, will, while, Sam will check. <laughs> I am just checking while we're in the background. Yeah. Hold on, caller. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, it, what, what I found really weird. So my, what, what, my other my other uh, job is a radio consultant, and I talk to radio companies and I help them understand, you know, what's coming up next. And I have so far spoken four different continents about the live tag. Mm-hmm. And saying you run a radio station, you have a podcast of your breakfast show. Um, why are you not using the live tag? If you were to implement it today, you would be the first radio station, proper radio station, um, to be implementing it. Why are you not implementing it? And and it's and it's interesting. I mean, you know, and Rob, you won't find it particularly unusual that the the radio industry has looked at progress and gone, oh no. Um, but it's but it's but it's interesting to see that, you know, that is a real obvious slam dunk for a radio station to be running a live tag in their podcast feed to pull people to their live stream. Um, and um, still, I'm not seeing any any radio stations doing it. Now, of course, you know, if you're a large radio station like iHeart, it's going to be quite difficult for someone to make a decision to go ahead with that. But if you're a smaller station, then, you know, I'm surprised that we haven't seen, you know, more of that um, uh, actually happening. I, I, what I do you think is holding you... that back, James? I mean... Oh, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, in, in the same talk I show, so I show, um, it's a very good talk, by the way, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, I show lots of different tools from um, podcasting and um, that you can use in the world of radio. And mm-hmm. um, one of the tools I use is D- Descript. And I show um, actually a podcast that Sam and I recorded about three years ago, um, where I get the name of a podcast wrong, except I don't really. But then I I change it on the fly using um, using the AI voice clone that it had uh, at the time, and I show this to uh, radio companies, and they go, "Oh wow, we've never seen anything like this." And I'm there thinking, it's three-year-old technology. It's been out for years. Why have yeah, you not seen it? Right. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to there are specific processes uh, that the radio industry has um, 
where they've not really bothered to look outside and they've just gone on with what's been done in the past. Yeah. And to an extent, we just need to be careful about doing that in terms of the the podcast world as well. Right. You know, we're, we're seeing more and more people now support new features like Podroll, which uh, went live um, in a number of different podcast hosting companies this week um, mm-hmm. uh, and various other um, things such as that. And I think that's great. And I think we should probably be careful not to sort of, you know, um, um, uh, sleep on our laurels, so to speak. We need to, you know, keep on pushing new ideas. And eventually Apple and Spotify will will w- wake up, smell the coffee and go, oh, you know what? That would be quite a good, a quite good feature for us to include as well. Rob, just yeah, I think one great. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, no, the bat signal has not been sent out. So, but normally it is sent out. So normally the new media show is sent through to podcasting to the apps. The other thing I'd say is James knows this. I used to run a radio station, which we did forty live podcast shows per week, and we used an RMTP server and we broadcast it on Alexa, web, mobile, and also on DAB. It's all there. What wasn't there was the live item tag at the time, so we couldn't use that. But if I was still doing that, what happened over in Mexico with Alberto and RSS.com is a very simple setup. It takes what comes from the laptop, puts it through an audio and video grabber, through to an RMTP server that then broadcasts that out, right? And, And that in itself now could happen even easier than it was when I was doing it three or four years ago with River Radio. And... So as James said, what we've got to do is get these case studies in front of the mm-hmm. radio stations, in front of conference organisers. So, you know, Podcast Movement, the London Podcast Show, should be doing exactly the same thing as PodCon. That's when we want to get this. The technology is now matured and we are now ready to actually use it, you know, eat your own dog food. And we are ready. And and I guess, James, it's probably going to be another 12 months before you know, you've done the rounds of keynotes and everyone else has picked up on it. But, you know, it's now that we're ready to start to put all the pieces together that we've been building and start to create solutions for events, radio and podcasters. So as far as your guys' perspective on this, I mean, what would a platform like a StreamYard need to do to simplify this, to to make it available? Um, in an In an RSS feed, what we're doing here kind of into the, the lit tag, is that something that would have to be manually added in the publishing process of that RSS feed? James, do you want me to answer or do you want to? Yes, I'm, I'm looking at you, Sam. I know you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's very strange because normally we have no video, so it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a new experience for all of us. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, me at 6 o'clock in the morning is not what James needs to see. Right, um, so... <laughs> So fundamentally, with StreamYard, because I've used it before, um, you've got a, a URL that you've sent out, right? And that's a, a live URL. Yeah, to all that, of these streaming platforms, right? Yeah. Right. So you would take that same URL, put it in the enclosure tag of the mm-hmm. live item tag. You would then do mm-hmm. a pod ping, a battle alert. Hey, we're live. And that would be the stream that I would see through my podcasting app as a video mm-hmm. feed or an audio feed. So... It would be fine to do that. You don't have to do much. 
What would StreamYard do to make it automated in the same way that you can have broadcast channels, which is what right. you've got set up, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. You could have an extra one, which is live item tag as a channel, right? Got or it. you could have certain apps, but it doesn't have to be apps. It'd just be RSS as a live item tag where you fill in that same URL link that you're sending out right. to Twitter, Facebook. That so would that would be sent out, out to the podcast host platform like a Lipson yep. or, or a yep. Podbean and then there or would something be a else. Pod ping from there that says, Hey, something's changed okay. in the RSS feed and the apps would go, Oh, something's changed. What have they changed? They've changed the live item tag. It's gone from pending to live, which is literally what StreamYard do when you mm -hmm. click the broadcast now and suddenly all those apps. So it's not a lot of work for StreamYard to do to actually integrate podcasting as another channel alongside mm -hmm. Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever else they do these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no, I, guess, I, I guess they would need to work together with podcast hosting companies. Um, right. And I know that there are uh, a number a number watching. Uh, hello, Mark from uh, Captivate. Um, and so, you know, there would need to be a little bit of, um, of APIs uh, there. But, but perhaps the UX within StreamYard might say, go live with Captivate or go live with Libsyn. Um, or you know, go lives with, with, with any other uh, any other hosts. So um, you know, RSS.com. Other hosts are available. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that, that that would be worthwhile having a look at. Yeah, I mean, the StreamYard platform currently has today a way to input a H. Uh, was it? A, um, what's the, I'm drawing a blank on it. It's the uh, it's an HDM or something like that stream. Um, hmm. the HLS stream. HLS, HLS stream, stream. right. Yeah. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so that could be plugged in to this, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but, no, absolutely. Yeah. But somehow it needs to get into the RSS feed, right? And then, yeah. And then really kind of do where a, it gets a little bit more. I think that's where it gets a little bit more complicated because you right. do have to have some kind of implement, um, integration with your podcast hosting company. Right. And those who've been doing this. Um, in the past have been doing this um, because they roll their own podcast um, RSS feed and so therefore it's sort of relatively easy for them. Um, whereas I think we would need some of the podcast hosts to basically go, okay, here's, here's the API for our live item tag. And that podcast host would, of course, also need to support Podping as well, I would have thought. So, you know, so so there's a bit of work to be done Mm -hmm. on both sides but i'm sure that you know the more the more enterprising podcast hosting company would be you know would be very happy to do that little piece of um, of uh, work it is of course chicken and egg because it requires um streamyard to do some work as well it also requires uh, the live item tag to be supported by more and more podcast um, apps yeah, as well so right. it's available in uh, podverse it's available in uh, fountain uh, of course podfans.fm uh, it's available in, uh, you know, uh, those uh, particular apps. But um, as more and more people are producing content for it, you mm -hmm. would expect that more and more uh, apps would also um, put the live item tag support in, in there as well. Yeah, I guess it depends on, you know, if you think about Apple. Um, Apple's had video podcasts forever. Um, you know, I guess they would mm. have to decide um, if they wanted to support live in the podcast experience. On, yeah. on Apple and they may so, to be able to keep up with the competition in the market too. And so Rob, yeah. so, so you understand HLS stands for HTTP live streaming, right? And exactly. it is an Apple yeah. standard. 
it comes from Apple. So, <laughs> you know, if anyone's there you go, it should be it, easy, right? Yeah, they <laughs> might actually do it. The one thing um, you might feed back to StreamYard is StreamYard, unlike Squadcast and Riverside, doesn't have a permanent URL, and that's one of its weaknesses. So every time you generate a new show, you have mm -hmm. to generate a new URL. And because you're doing that, you can't have a sticky URL for your show for every week. So that would be something that they would also want to change so that in my yeah. feed, I could have that same URL so that all I had to do was put it into my RSS and then pod ping alert, change the status, pod ping alert, job done. Um, I think it could be a lot simpler with what they're doing if they just make yeah. that one change. Yeah, I think you'd have to like do a, do a simultaneous publish of an item in your RSS feed, right? to To make this episode available, not unlike what happens at YouTube today when I set up or schedule a live show, it it schedules it in in YouTube and it displays, you know, we'll be live at such and such time. That could yep. be the opportunity that would be up available to the podcast hosts too. And then, and then uh, I guess at that point it would have. I think those hosts would have the option of what, whether or not they wanted to cache the, the video episode somehow, or that could be published through a separate process as an on-demand version. Right. Yeah. I mean, talking to several hosts, uh, they're not keen on doing the video because of the cost of the bandwidth. Um, that is one of the reasons that you haven't seen. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them don't support uh, the, the video, but three of the of the earliest host podcast hosting platforms do, like Ellipson, Podbean, and I think Blueberry are the only three that currently support um, mm -hmm. video podcasting per se. Right, but live is something different, right? So they wouldn't have to no, store that. No, I mean it's yeah, you, you you wouldn't have to, but you could do. So, for example, yeah. The, the way that the live item works is you have a pending status with a time, which is what we show to people who subscribe to your show in Podfan, So they will know the mm -hmm. minute that that show's gone live, they'll get a notification, push notification saying show live, right? What mm -hmm. Rob, um, what Todd is doing, I'll get the names right eventually tonight. <sighs> what Todd is doing is he's changing the pending status to live status. That's what he's doing. That then alerts the host. The host then does a pod ping alert, which the apps are listening for. So all Todd is doing is changing the, the status of the live show from pending to live. Mm -hmm. That then does a, an alert pod ping, a bat signal up to the right. apps and the apps then say, right, we've updated the RSS. So we do a refresh of the RSS and it has a live status that then is then broadcast out at the end of the show. What mm -hmm. we do is we take the recorded audio from your next episode. So the live one now becomes your next episode and then mm -hmm. we do a refresh of the RSS as soon as you've done it, and it just becomes an episode. Now, again, as I said, when we just showed it, you support the alternative uh, enclosure in the live item tag, but you don't support it in the episode item tag, right? And that's just the thing that I keep asking Todd, just do it. Give the people the option to have in a non-live but post-recording show episode the option. And Blueberry, as you said, supports both audio and video. So of all the hosts out there right now, Todd and you should be the first one slamming this door down because A, you're, you're doing it live as a podcaster and B, you're a host that supports both live and audio. 
you are the perfect example of people who should be doing this. And I just don't get why Todd is digging his size 12 feet in and saying, no, not I, not I. Well, I think he's probably probably more willing to do it than maybe others at this right at this stage. So I think I yeah I think it's going to be easy to convince him. <laughs> I think I, I think from my understanding, he is seeing this as being a UX issue, not necessarily a tech yeah. issue. It's it's right. a UX issue of oh my goodness, we've got to tell podcasters now that they need to put alternate links into things and it's just going to be a it's just going to be hard and everything else and i think that that is an absolutely fair thing um you know mm-hmm. there may well be reasons why he doesn't want to roll it out to all of blueberry um on, on all of blueberry's customers um that's not 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 going to be a fun supporting you know fun uh, user experience um so i can right. i can well understand that and uh, you know so don't eat me Todd cochran <laughs> very good very very good reasons why he might want to end up uh, uh, doing that but i think you know the the the, the interesting thing about um about this is there are actually very few podcast hosting companies who have right at the top a podcaster um, you know, um, Mark at, um, at uh, Captivate yeah. is one of those. Um, yeah, Todd at yeah. Blueberry is one of those. And, um, well, you know, and, and, and Justin at Transistor. And there aren't really too many more. Um, and I think that's one of the real differences that um, Todd has that uh, really helps is that he's doing it every single day. Um, and so yeah. he can talk with a... Uh, a, a measure of real authority over, you know, what works, what doesn't, because he's he's there making two different podcasts uh, every single uh, every single week, and that's uh, and that's always a worthwhile thing, just mm-hmm. to bear in mind as well. Yeah, I think that those days of the podcasters uh, actually starting companies and 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 creating platforms for podcasters is kind of a, has been fading away a little bit, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, just a bit. Just yeah. A bit. And I actually, you know, I, I can definitely associate with that as you might imagine. So I've worked for a lot of podcast companies and a lot of those companies had most of their staff weren't podcasters. So yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So many, many, many folks in radio aren't radio listeners either, which is, yeah. Uh, well, that's <laughs> a whole other conversation do podcasters yeah. listen to podcasts yeah, let's a whole other conversation right yeah, yeah. no indeed indeed yeah. so so anyway um i think this was a kind of a fascinating conversation and i i hope um that this conversation continues in the medium and and hopefully we can kind of gather some momentum around this because i think it is something that many of us in the podcasting space have been thinking about for many years and it's exciting to see it start to develop and and have a pathway um, here that is, you know, it, right here available to us. It's just w- whether or not we yeah. as an industry want to grab that opportunity and, uh, and and run with it right now and, mm. t- and take advantage yeah. of the infrastructure that already exists. And I'm, I'm definitely wanting to em- embrace it and support it and, and push mm. for greater adoption. If we can get a, a Spotify and a, and a stream yard and the hosting platforms to embrace it, I, 
I think bringing this industry together and, and trying to come up with a pathway here is definitely well yeah. worth the effort. Yeah, no, indeed. And, and uh, if you're watching the video version of this, uh, the, Dave Mansueto, who of course appeared on the screen just a second ago, saying, that's right, got to eat the dog food. Um, uh, Dave, of course, co-founder of Libsyn. So, uh, you know, he's, he, he's somebody that ought to know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah, and he's... Uh, I've known Dave since back back in those days. So back when mm. when Lipson started, and uh, he's a terrific technologist, you know himself. So so he's he's currently working on a on a recording app and things like that. He's been working on for many years. So Dave, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, indeed. And then, well, I don't know. Um, let's let, let's move on and talk about another topic here. I know we we could probably go a full hour talking about this integration of this, but I think that there, there's oh, a few not. other topics that we might want to talk about. And one of them is this uh, re- research that came out um, f- from the Edison research and NPR about uh, the audience size for podcasting um, has kind of, kind of exploded. I know James, you covered this in your newsletter and, and I think it's, uh, it's just evidence to me that there's um, podcasting's growth, in all areas has been gradual. <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. So this is um, this is data around spoken word. So it's not necessarily just podcasting; it's spoken word in all of its uh, in all of its uh, forms. Um, but um, some great data from uh, from Edison Research, and they're saying yeah. that um, half of people uh, in the U.S. Uh, listen to some type of spoken word um, uh, every single day, which is up. But also listening time is also increasing. And I'm uh, always, with all of this, less interested in um, the total amount of listeners, always more interested in listening time. Yeah, and and how much people are listening to, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And you can see that uh, listeners in the the U.S. um, are spending far, far longer than they were nine years or so ago, Uh, 55%. You can see at the top of the screen there. So you can see that there's some real growth in terms of spoken word content, and clearly a lot of that is podcasting. Um, There are other reasons why spoken word might be uh, very successful in terms of radio stations as well. But um, this is really being driven by podcasting and for the first time ever um, being consumed through mobile as well. So I think, you know, know, it's a really interesting time to actually see, you know, some really good numbers coming out of the spoken word word report. Um, And um, that, of course, you know, um, uh, has has um, uh, information in there in terms of, um, you know, well, why are people listening to more spoken word? I'm sure that a lot of that is to do with uh, news and uh, the type of news which is going on, but I think also it's it's just that there's much more spoken word now, with with uh, podcasting, you know, SiriusXM, all of those types of um, of, of uh, services. So actually, there's more likely to be spoken word that people feel that they want to go away and um, and 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 uh, have a listen to. You you're a you're a spoken word radio presenter a long long time ago, Rob. Um, do you yeah. do you sort of uh, see? see that as being, you know, a good, a good change? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, th- I do think that the, the movement, and I think one of the interesting things that came out of this was, is that um, oftentimes people think of the podcasting medium as, as like a hockey stick kind of growth uh, situation. And this, 
this research kind of follows a pattern that we've been seeing for many years that a lot of people don't fully comprehend is that mm. we've been growing on the audience side um, f- between two and 4% every year for almost every year of this medium. So you have to have a lot of patience. You know, I was very patient in this medium <laughs> many years ago when, when a lot of people didn't have a lot of um, confidence in the medium. Uh, because it was growing so slowly. Um, but there is this perception that this is like, a, you know, this is the golden age of podcasting and somehow, you know, it's a hockey stick kind of growth situation. But it lo- looks like here over the last year, it's grown, what, I, I believe 2% is what it was on the listening side. Now, mm. granted, at the scale that, that podcasting reaches, you know, 2% is significant. Uh, it's just not as fast as some people perceive it as growing. Uh, yeah. And then I, I also, I don't know if it was in this research, but, it, but it was in something I saw is that the, the older demographic tends to listen to more, I guess, longer duration podcasts than the younger generation, which I thought oh, was okay. A, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I saw that yeah. one as well. Yeah. yeah cause, I'd, cause I'd, I'd say the yeah. older people have got more time. Uh, that would be one thing. It could okay. be. Yeah, that could, <laughs> that or one of the reasons. Um, or more and, patience for longer form content, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe because they're not. The maybe they can't get generation. up to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Martha, reach the phone. But I think the other one is also when I look at my my teenage children who are now early twenties as well, um, they don't listen to radio at all, at, at zero, because the music they want isn't on the radio. The music they right. want has swear words and it has rude words in it. And it's just not where they can listen to their music. So they're a YouTuber. They're a, they're a Spotify. They are not mm-hmm. a radio listener. And so what radio is losing out on is habitual motion. The minute my daughter gets in the car, the first thing she does in her mini is plugs in her phone, goes onto CarPlay, and she's yep. off and running, listening to whatever she wants to listen to. And she might even have a YouTube video playing but just have listening to the audio as it's she's driving. She has no interest in radio at all. Yeah. No, I think it's a generational thing. I don't mm-hmm. know, James, uh, you're more plugged into this convergence with, with radio, but what do you see with radio over like the, maybe the next five to 10 years? It, is it going to continue to decline in its reach? Oh, well, I think, I mean, I think radio is, um, is particularly radio in the US, which is um, in a very different place to radio elsewhere. But radio in the US appears to be working out how many things it can cut on the air um, to automate as much as possible. There's now AI powered radio stations um, where they don't even have to pay any human being to present anything. Um, and uh, and I think what that I- I inevitably means is that there's no real reason to listen to a radio station when you can just use your Spotify or your YouTube music uh, collection instead. If you want music or podcasts, if you want if you want you know a spoken word. So I think that um, you know if if radio wants to kill the medium, it's doing a very good job of doing that right now. Um, understanding what the difference is in terms of radio and understanding why people tune into the radio is a, is a really important thing. And I'm not necessarily sure that, um, particularly in the US, that people, um, you know, fully uh, grasp uh, uh, that. It's, it's a bit of a different world uh, elsewhere. And certainly when you have a look into Europe, um, you know, where there's a lo- an awful lot of government funded broadcasting, um, but you can see that they're focusing much more on younger audiences. And there's, you know, a bit of a different conversation going on there, I think. 
I know, Sam, uh, what's your thoughts on, on radio? Well, I think it goes back to what James said earlier. You know, radio needs to adopt um, a lot of radio talk shows that I listen to. The show happens and then it's gone. It's like no one's thought about recording it, repurposing <sighs> it, reusing it, right? It's mm, just yeah. gone. And you go, are you mental? You've just spent how much on that presenter with the guest, done it all, and you're just not thinking about it. Now, you know, again, as I said, when I ran a radio station, we used Wooshka. So we took the live feed, put it to Wooshka, mm-hmm. Wooshka turned it into a podcast. So we had reusability straight away. And that is something that I find radio stations haven't got their heads around yet. I mean, I struggle as well. One of the biggest podcasts in the UK is, is from uh, it's called The News Agent. It's a, a news politics show. Mm. But Global are the company who produce it. Global are the company who make it. And yet Global do not live feed it. It's not a live show anywhere. So it, it, they're, not, they're not using their mediums at all. They've got a podcast that goes out, reaches 10 million downloads, but that's not reused live. Then they have a video version of it, but that's not in the podcast version. That's on a U. I mean, it's just scattergun. And I think radio stations are really their worst enemies. Yeah, I think that the convergence between radio and podcasting can be difficult for some of these radio stations um, to try and grapple with and Mm. deal with because radio is a different format. I mean, sure, it's both audio, but it has different kind of structure to the content and, and it doesn't always work that great for podcasting. And, and oftentimes, you know, I see, you know, these, these radio stations maybe don't have full rights to, to distribute the commercials, but, but I do know that there are, um, there are platforms that will filter those commercials out. They've been using that for many years with their, their, their live streams that they've mm-hmm. been doing. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of plugging in another capability to be able to get that audio out minus the ads and then maybe taking those same breaks and putting in podcast ads or something like that might be an option. Yeah. Um, one, one of the, I mean, uh, you know, there are a couple of things going on. It's in, interesting to read Jeff Smullyan's um, autobiography. He was the person that ran um, uh, MS, you're smiling, Rob, you clearly have yeah. uh, long, yeah. long uh, memories of Jeff. What a nice man uh, he is. But um, yeah, I did re- an interview reading... uh, with him once, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that that would have been that would have been interesting. Um, well, he he says <laughs> he says in that book that he um, he thinks that uh, podcasting um, uh, will never make radio stations any money, um, and it was very very down on the whole podcasting thing. Um, iHeartMedia released its um, quarter three twenty three financial results last week. And podcast uh, podcast revenue, just podcast revenue, is 10.7% of the entire company. And they own thousands of radio stations. They own all kinds of other things as well. They run events and everything else. Podcasting, little plucky podcasting, 10.7% of the company's revenue. And podcast revenue itself up 12.5% year on year. Um, I think there are quite a lot of people you know, like Jeff, who are probably eating their words a little bit in terms of, um, you know, their their uh, guesses of where the future is actually going. And part of that was he is also, you know, Jeff was also deliciously rude about Bob Pittman from iHeart uh, right. in that book as well. It's a wonderful are book. Are you surprised, read. James? Are you surprised? Well, he's so positive. <laughs> he's so positive about everybody else. Oh, uh, no, and, then, yeah. and then whenever he talks about Bob, it's kind of, oh, dear. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, interesting to have a look at that. You know, I mean, similarly, Odyssey released their financial results last week. They used to be called Entercom, the second mm-hmm. biggest broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, um, although their total revenue is down, as um, as iHeartMedia's is, to be fair, um, their on their digital revenue, which includes podcasting, uh, was up three point three percent. So it's clearly still, you know, a place of growth for radio companies, while yeah. their big old fashioned AM transmitters are slowly, uh, you know, slowly dying. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> did. Yeah, I, I would imagine that the radio side would die for between three and ten percent growth. <laughs> oh yeah, they would be they would be absolutely delighted with that. Right. <laughs> so right. yeah. So clearly that's that's the direction, I guess, but probably the fact that it's only ten percent of their overall revenue kind of doesn't yeah, raise its priority very much, does it? <laughs> no, but it's you know I, I I think it's certainly a start. An interesting seeing yesterday, um, uh, today uh, in your world, um, where uh, Global, which is uh, the largest uh, radio broadcaster in the UK, has yeah. signed a deal to sell advertising into iHeart podcasts in the UK, and mm. the other way around, iHeart is selling advertising into Global podcasts. Uh, in the US. Um, Mm. Two large broadcast companies, but are selling each other's, um, uh, you know, ad slots in podcasting. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I I did take a peek. Um, The FCC uh, was approached a couple of years ago. Global was thinking about buying as much of iHeartMedia as it possibly could. It owns 15% of iHeartMedia, it turns out. I didn't realize Um, that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, uh, there are various laws on foreign ownership of uh, radio companies in the US and um, Global had to get special permission to buy a bunch of um, of uh, shares. So that that is probably driving that sort of uh, side of it. And maybe Global's plan is to be a bit more global. They're not very <laughs> global, actually, in terms of <laughs> what they do. Um, they do have DAX, which is a podcast sales house in the US. So this mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. asks begs begs a question what the deal uh, is there. But um, yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, interesting seeing, um, you know, yet more consolidation in the radio business, which of course is just what we need. Right. Well, I think that the what you've seen the radio industry do is they've they're acquiring or have acquired podcasting companies because guess mm. what? They can't really do it themselves internally, right? Mm. And I think that's a real sign of what the the core issue is with radio embracing podcasting is that they they have their processes, they have their staff that knows radio, but they just don't know how to translate that to podcasting. So they they've often, mm. you know, I mean, you look at all these big, big uh uh, radio networks and th- they've all acquired podcasting companies. Mm, right. Mm. So that just tells you everything you need to know, I think, about, you know, kind of their skill set mm-hmm. and what they what they're good at and what they're not good at. And and I guess I have to praise them to say that they recognize that and mm-hmm. bring in a company that does, you know, understand podcasting. And and I yeah. think that Overall, if you look at a lot of those deals that, that those radio companies have done, I think they've turned out to be pretty good um, choices by the, by the radio industry. Right. Yeah, I think that that's certainly that that's certainly uh, going on. I think one one thing, um, uh, if you don't mind, Rob, that I spotted the other day, which is probably worthwhile for the audience here, just mentioning, is the amount of um, scams going on on Facebook at the moment, and yeah. podcasters being very specifically targeted. Um, 
So there's a company which is um, there's uh, yeah, and you've um, um, there, there's a, a story from uh, a guy called Johnny Jet. I'm sure that's not his real name. Anyway, he's a travel blogger, um, and he was offered three thousand pounds to appear on a podcast, um, which already sounds a little bit suspicious. But anyway, um, who wouldn't turn down three thousand pounds? And all that the guy wanted was, oh, we need to set up live live streaming from your Facebook account. Um, can I spend a couple of minutes with you on a screen share to set up that live streaming? And what he was actually doing is he was grabbing access to this guy's Facebook page and is then filling his Facebook page with, you know, selling cryptocurrency and everything else, um, which is, uh, you know, which is no good. And this isn't just one story. Um, I have now had uh, three other large podcasters, very large podcasters, you, you know, uh, household names who've told me that they have um, either been very close to being suckered for the same sort of thing um, mm -hmm. or, th or that they've been um, or that they've actually had had exactly this um, this, uh, you know, happening. So either people offer you a guest fee of three grand or um, another one that I spoke to was offered $2,000 to speak at a conference remotely. Uh, I'm speaking at a conference remotely in Spain. I'm not being earned uh, uh, tomorrow. I'm not being earned $3,000 for it. But anyway, um, so, you know, if, if there are these, um, if you do get these emails uh, who want to fiddle around with your Facebook page, just say no. Um, but uh, they seem to be really targeting podcasters um possibly because they've worked out what makes us tick um so just a warning there i guess so this this guy um uh paid three thousand dollars to this no scam? it's the other way around he was the way around he was okay yeah he was he was offered three thousand dollars if if only he'll turn up um and be a guest on a show mm -hmm. um so of I mean, course obviously he never got you know, the three thousand dollars Right. <laughs> no, he, did, he didn't see the three thousand dollars. Of course, yeah. Right. But but you know, I mean, obviously, you're going to turn around and and, and you're going to say, well, yes, I'll be a guest on your show, and yes, absolutely. If you've got three thousand dollars as a budget, then yes, absolutely. And what's that? You want to fiddle around with my Facebook, uh, uh, you know, account just to um, turn that on? Well, great. Let's let's do that. So right. um, yeah. So I thought that that was you know just worthwhile for the people that are watching this. If people come to you and they offer you vast sums of money. Um, then A, send it my way, but also B, just be really, really careful. If they want to start fiddling around with your Facebook um, account or your StreamYard account or anything else, um, just say no. Yes, I I would agree. And in the, the stuff typically happens during tough economic times. There's a lot of scammers out there now that are trying to take advantage of people because maybe they're desperate or they think that mm. other people are desperate. <laughs> and they're they're willing to take risks like this. But, you know, I think it's interesting um, that this stuff is is happening. Uh, you also shared with me, I guess, uh, you launched a new RSS feed of sorts. And I want you to tell yeah. me a little bit about that. So, so, yeah. this, is a, so this is a website, and, and I, I can almost hear... Um, I can almost hear Todd uh, and indeed Adam Curry both shouting at me already. Um, it, it's a very simple, straightforward website called RSS2 YouTube Music, RSS2 YTM. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to find the RSS feed for any podcast and plug it into the YouTube Music app because the YouTube Music app plays uh, podcasts 
it plays um, podcasts via RSS feeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, um, it's very difficult to find the RSS feed of a podcast that you actually have. So, you know, um, so if you were to visit RSS number two, YTM, RSS to YTM.net, um, then you will see um, it basically asks you uh, what podcast you want to listen to. And you can type in a podcast uh, there. You can type in the new media show or whatever. Um, and uh, it will then um, show you um, what the RSS feed uh, is for that particular uh, show um, uh, and uh, will give you uh, the option to actually help you um, uh, plug it into your YouTube music app. So um, if you were to choose um, the, new, the new media show right at the top of that uh, list um, and click on there, then it shows you what the RSS feed is mm-hmm. and then it lets you paste it into YouTube music in the right place. So it's a super easy way if you want to use um, maybe you don't want to use YouTube Music as a podcast app, but it's a super <laughs> useful way for other people um, to get their favorite shows uh, into YouTube Music. I don't suppose, Sam, you'll be using YouTube Music anytime soon. You use, um, <laughs> you use uh, Spotify, don't you, for your, your uh, music? I, I do, um, and that's only because also my kids wouldn't use the YouTube Music part. And I, don't, I don't know if it was well-supported in the time when Mm. Spotify was. One of the things that Spotify does really well that we should actually praise it for, it is everywhere, right? Whether it's on your watch, whether it's on your car, whether it's on a device, somehow Spotify has made their client available everywhere, you know, Alexa Mm. devices. And I think that's one of the smartest things that they did when Apple and other platforms that had music like Amazon were just single platform solutions. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, it's um, it's yeah, it's it's going, it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens with YouTube Music and mm-hmm. uh, whether or not this YouTube, whether or not this RSS uh, ingestion um, that they have in their music app, but not of course in in the in the main YouTube, um, it actually takes off, or whether or not we'll see anything else going on there. So, um, yeah, I'm but I just thought. Yeah, take a bet. Graveyard. I'm sure that Google. Graveyard. Yeah, Google. Google will close it all down in a, in a year's uh, in a year's a Google time. Google graveyard in the making. So, <laughs> so I've got up on the screen the current experience for for the new media show in YouTube Music right now, mm. and I was curious um, if I were to add the RSS feed, uh, the audio RSS feed, um, mm-hmm. how would this experience, James? As far as you understand, um, how would it be different? Would it be a separate uh, entire listing? Yes, so the it would, audio it would, version. It would it would appear as a different listing, um, but um, but it appears just as if it's a standard podcast. Um, so if you go if you go back one um, in your uh, this makes for a very good audio podcast, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. Well, that, I mean, uh, if we want to <laughs> want to describe it, maybe yeah. That, so that so there's helpful. a so there's a button in in this particular area of the YouTube Music app. There's a button there which says Add Podcast, and it's got a big plus button on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you press that, you can see two different things. You can either see Find a Podcast on YouTube, or underneath it, it's a little button that says Add RSS Feed. Right. Once you press that Add RSS feed cut and uh, button, it, it then it then allows you to just punch in an, an rss feed um uh right. you know url in there so you could um you you could um you know type in uh, any rss feed that you wanted to press the okay button 
um, and it then goes off, grabs that RSS feed, ingests it, um, and it's available within your YouTube Music app, whether or not you're using YouTube Music on the web, um, or whether or not, or whether you're using YouTube Music on uh, Android or iOS. It works in all of those. Um, so Do you it's, happen um, to know, James? Does it hmm. uh, sense that there's programmatic advertising, and somehow uh, block that? No. So in this, if you listen to a podcast via RSS, it comes complete with the ads, and that's all fine. Um, so YouTube don't want ads in podcasts um, if they're hosting them. Um, if you're uploading the, right. the 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 files to them, um, but um, if it's uh, but this works just the same as a typical podcast app. So there's no ingestion going on. It's passed through. Um, it'll appear in your podcast hosting. Uh, numbers if your podcast hosting company has updated their user agents. Um, and um, yeah, and it basically allows, you know, it's a proper, in inverted commas, um, podcast player in that it, it's using RSS just the same as everything else is. But it's it's caching and, and delivering the media file, right, separately. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. actually playing. Yeah, it's playing the audio directly from, um, you know, it's it's exactly the same way as any other podcast hosting uh, a podcast podcast oh. platform does. So, okay, and, so that, and that's probably the difference. This is the bit that actually I think podcasters really like is, is that this is so the way is that YouTube music it should is a work. Pass yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pass through. So yeah. it is playing pure audio. It's not converting it to a video, which I I had the impression that's what they were doing. Yeah. So they're doing, and this is where it gets hugely complicated, but they're doing two different things. So if you want to be, if you're a creator and you want to be in YouTube um, overall, then you can submit your RSS feed to them and they will ingest that and they will make videos out of it. And it'll be available in the main YouTube product as well. So if you've got YouTube on your telly, you can listen to a specific show. Um, but if you... Um, uh, if you just want to listen to your favorite um, uh, podcasts, then you can also plug the RSS feed of your favorite podcast into YouTube Music, and YouTube Music only um, will um, end up um, uh, having that podcast in there, but it's complete pass-through. So it contains the advertising. Um, a play in YouTube Music will mean a play appears in your podcast hosting company. Okay. Um, but there's this sort of uh, so YouTube Music is actually playing podcasts in two completely different ways. So you can imagine how simple and straightforward this is going to be. Okay, for just to, to be clear about this, so it's a pass through within YouTube Music, but it's it's going to be cached and re-encoded as a video file if it plays in so the proper it'll, it'll, YouTube experience. Right? Yeah, it'll never appear in YouTube at all if you add a podcast this way. It only appears for you. It won't appear to be searchable. Um, um, so it won't appear. It oh, it's only going to be visible to me because I put yeah, it in my collection. Because you've put it in your collection. Yeah, absolutely. And they're marked. Um, they're marked. If you, if you add a podcast uh, through RSS, they're marked as this is a podcast which has been added through an RSS feed, um, okay. and you can see the, you, you know, and you can see all of that. Now, of course, it doesn't support any podcasting 2.0 um, tags that we found right. so far, but you know, who knows? Um, but um, the user agents are now in the uh, in the big um, OPORG list that John Spurlock looks after, um, and if you're running a podcast host which um, you know which looks after that, then that seems to work quite nicely, I think. So. I can add 
a podcast in the the YouTube studio experience, correct? Yeah, so if you're a creator, you can add right. a podcast um, in into YouTube Studio, um, but it, that that you're adding your podcast in there, and that's the full ingestion, right. and you're not allowed any ads in there, and all of that. Right. Um, so that's okay. the other way. So if you're a creator, right. that's the way of getting a podcast into YouTube if you really want to do that. Um, but if you're if you're just a listener and you really wish that th- this American Life was available. Um, in your YouTube music app, um, then you can do that uh, straight from this from this uh, uh, tool. Sam, do you think this is a um, do you think that this is um, um, uh, a good a good plan for audiences, or is this just massively confusing? Uh, well, I think I thought I understood it until about thirty seconds ago, and then now I'm totally confused. So. <laughs> well, I think that's that's been a an issue here. I'm not sure that the YouTube team has done a good job of really communicating this. No, um, I don't. But what I, I mean, what's your thought on that, James? I know you're more plugged into what they've been communicating or not. But yeah, I think communication is a difficult thing for um, for for the Google team. And I think um, if you were to look at the difference between Google and Apple, Apple's team has a PR person. Um, connected to podcasting at all time. It's a young, eager man called Zach who's just about to leave. Um, but they're going to oh, have another Oh, he's about to leave? Is that he's about to leave, yeah. yeah. So he Something is, we uh, said, so James. Zach, is, <laughs> Zach Khan, who has been PR for the last uh, three years for Apple Podcasts, um, right. he's been, he's been he promoted. Even. He's been oh. promoted, Rob. Promoted well, to that's PR. exciting, Zach. Yeah. To to PR for Apple Vision Pro, or as I call them, those oh. toy glasses. It's uh, a lateral move to a new product <laughs> that needs help. Right. Oh, oh yeah. no, I'm sure it's a promotion. Uh, well, it's, of course it's, it's, it's to be. It's to, it's to be the PR for those toy glasses. But yes, um, so, toy but uh, the good news is that we product. get... <laughs> we we do get it. I mean, it's a great product. I'm I'm just I'm just uh, joking. And Zach has my home address, so I'm looking. Oh, to. okay. There you go. Um, but um, but I do understand though that Apple Podcasts will be getting a new PR person next month. Um, so uh, it's early December when Zach makes that move. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, so hopefully um, that will still be a. Um, a dedicated PR person for Apple Podcasts. And that's the big difference between Apple and Google. So Apple has a PR person who looks after Apple Podcasts. Spotify has 427 PR people who, who look after podcasts. And Google um, and Google stroke YouTube Music, as far as I can work out, don't have a PR person uh, at all. I was in touch with a PR person from YouTube um, uh, a while back. He seems to have vanished off the face of the earth, um, stopped answering any of my emails, <laughs> and, um, uh, and you know has run away. Um, so I, th- I think that that, being fair, I think that that's what's going on. They haven't, you know, it's a very small thing for YouTube in in general, and they just haven't got. Um, you know, enough people who are um, uh, enough resources um, to actually afford a proper PR uh, person. And I would agree that that's probably harming, you know, where, they, where they're where they going. PR is very difficult, particularly if you've got a very complicated product as this is. Yeah. Well, that's where it's important to have kind of, kind of like a spokesperson out there that's uh, going on a bunch of podcasts and explaining it to them. That's exactly what I did when I worked at Microsoft on the Zoom mm. platform for 
for the seven years that I worked on that product is that I was kind of the external communication for my platform. Mm. And it's probably difficult for a, a, a company like Google to embrace something like that. But, but I know that they're not as locked down, uh, supposedly. Maybe they are as like an Apple or something like that. No, Apple's kind of struggled with this o- over the years as well. Mm. Um, so mm. it's, but I just found where that, that research that I found, it, it was Spotify's megaphone that was talking about, uh, I guess, their podcast trends of 2023, talking about how people uh, 55 to 64 are listening to twice as long a content as last year. So I don't know what's changed between last year and this year. Yeah, so they're listening. So the, the total amount of podcast listening uh, yeah. has has gone up it's gone up by 50 percent um yeah. but um for, for 55 to 64 it's gone up by 49 percent for those over 65 which is a nice a nice yeah. um yeah. Uh, number but this is i think what we want um to see we want many of the older audiences to be listening more to podcasts i mean weirdly in italy it seems to have more than doubled which i don't fully understand um australia it's gone up by two-thirds um you know for older for older audiences um you know uh the us it's also gone up as well so i'm I'm wondering what's going on there and and i'm wondering you know um whether or not it's got something to do with the amount of content which is available um whether there are more shows which are now interesting to people um age 65 and older um uh sam isn't age 65 or older but do you have any sort of thoughts as to why this might be the um, why well, this might be the thing sadly i'm going to get there before you james that's what worries me but, you are. Um, no I, I i also think i think again uh complexity is fell simplicity i think a lot of people are now being able to find podcasts through whether it's spotify youtube apple you know the mainstream apps that they use they, they're now becoming much more obvious i mean spotify has taken a couple of years to get it onto the platform uh people are probably listening to music stumbling across it um and again i think uh music itself doesn't appeal on the radio to people and they are seeing talk mm-hmm. radio but their favorite talk radio shows are probably one hour two hours and then they're going oh what else can I listen to now? Nothing else on the radio. And then trying to find, and we all know the thing with podcasting is it's behavioral. So when you find one or two or three favorite podcasts, you really do then enjoy listening to them to shove one of those podcasts off your listening behavior then becomes doubly hard. Um, so I think, you know, again, mm. we've seen uh, lots more political, uh, podcasts appearing, certainly here in the UK. Um, I think uh, the rest is politics announced today that they've just hit the 10 million downloads uh, per month. I mean, so you, I think we are beginning to see people, A, understanding this medium is interesting. B, as James right. said, finding content as well that they, they uh, find sticky and want to listen to. And then I think, you know, we're seeing more dailies. James is a, you know, is a daily podcast, but we're seeing more daily political shows as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, couple of years ago james you probably didn't have that many daily shows of um news sport or whatever yeah i'm i'm sure that that's got something to end up doing with it and i'm and as you say you know just the amount of shows 
out there. I mean, I was just I was just having a look through all of the different shows that I listen to and thinking, my goodness, there's 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 so many shows, um, all of which, by the way, have big um, uh, uh, signs on them saying there's a new episode to go and have a listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, James, really, that's really, all you're going to do today. Is just really, done. really behind with everything that I actually have. Right, um, right. But but yeah, you know. So so perhaps you're right, um, Sam. You know, I mean, I, if if I was, um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I've been um, involved in podcasting since 2005, so not as long as as you, Rob. But um, my uh, my mother, my mother, <laughs> la- uh, last month, uh, my mother, after I appeared on uh, national uh, ABC television uh, in this country. My mother um, uh, was very proud that I'd managed to get onto the TV here, and she and she said how proud she was in an email, and then she added, "Tell me what is a podcast?" <laughs> yeah, fill so, me in. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. After five years of writing a daily newsletter about podcasting, thanks, Mum. But um, but the fact that she is now interested in what a podcast is, uh, I think, says a lot in terms of um, you know reaching all of those older people who historically, you know, as you know, Rob, have not listened to this sort of thing. So um, there may be some great great growth there. Though I've always said that what's what what's great about podcast listeners is that they always get older. Um, so if, if you kind of inverse that to realize mm. that maybe many of these folks were like maybe thirty five years old um, yeah, well, when they started listening years, to podcasts, twenty years younger, <laughs> right, yes. right, um, or yeah. in that age range. If I think about what the research showed of the most pop, uh, the age demo that was most popular back in the earlier years of podcast listening, it was in that 30 to 35 and 40 age range. Mm, mm. So what we could see is just those were the hardcore listeners for many years and they're just getting more serious and they're increasingly replacing their um, media consumption patterns away from mainstream media towards podcasting increasingly. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, I'm kind of in that age demo too. When I fully embraced podcasting, I was in my mid thirties as well. And so that I I can totally, you know, associate with what's going on here and the patterns that that we're seeing. And I do, as you know, this is a 90 minute show. So I, I do believe in long form content in podcasting (laughs) because I do think that uh, short form content is, Difficult to get a lot of value out of in audio, yeah. though yeah. it is easier yeah. in video. But. I, wonder, I wonder how much of this is being driven by the fact that it's now much easier to get podcasts in your car than you've ever been able to oh, get Oh, I agree in the with past. you. Yeah. You know, I mean, Sam Sam drives this massive, great big uh, 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 car. No, you, you 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 drive a new car since I last uh, I last yes. actually saw you. Yes. But you've but you've got you know Apple CarPlay and you've got Spotify and everything else in your in your car as well. Um, yeah. Do you, do you listen to that or do you listen to the radio? I bet you listen to Radio 4 uh, every morning, don't you? <laughs> I, I do listen to Radio 4, uh, the Today Show, and I do listen to sports, Talk Sport, which is a, a sports show. But mm. I, I, I do listen less and less even myself now to radio. Um, I don't listen to Radio 1, 2 or 3. Mm. Um, which but are you listening to Spotify instead? 
listening to uh, pod fans, actually. But yes, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course. Sorry. Yes. Yes, My obviously. <laughs> get that plug in. Um, but no, uh, with music, yeah. But I think as you get older as well, you listen to less new music. We are more nostalgic about the music we listen to. So mm, you know, it's mm. more Paul Weller than it is Dua Lipa, let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And... Uh, but I do, I, I actually, when I get in the car, it is podcast after podcast. I'm literally I've got my um, playlist ready to go. And if I'm driving somewhere, then I've go through my five or six different podcasts that I listen to. And that's, mm. that's what it mm. is. And I don't have 20 hours in the day to listen to podcasts mm. or music or radio. So the, the walking the dog, driving somewhere or uh, whatever, that's my mm. time. Yeah. And Rob, do you in your, in your Elon Musk mobile, do you uh, listen to a bunch of uh, podcasts in there? I I do on occasion, but I also li- listen to some streaming music in there too. So it was mm, it's mm. a little bit a mix of both. It just kind of feel you know just whatever my mood is at the moment, and if mm. I want to catch up on an episode somewhere, I can do that mm-hmm. in the car, and and it's uh, it it streams directly to the head unit of the car itself because the car has a continuous internet connection. So right, it's it's all you know it's pulling from the the um, the mobile networks, right. That mm-hmm. are, are, are supplying that connection. So, so all of the data connectivity goes directly to the car. It doesn't have to pass through my phone, mm. but, mm. but, um, but how yeah, shares, I think, how are those shares going for you? They're going okay. I'm not, Good. I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I bought it a long time ago. You so it's all upside on online. It, yeah. It's never going to dip down to the price that I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. That was an impressive um, uh, uh, tip of where the future was uh, was going to buy a bunch of Tesla shares all the way back when. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was all into into electric cars a long time ago. I I bought my first electric car in 2011. So that's how far wow. back I go with it. I bought bought a Nissan Leaf. So, okay, so yeah. I was yeah. one of the first 2,000 owners of a Nissan Leaf. They they so. don't do too well in this in this uh, in this state because uh, this state is really hot and the Nissan yeah. Leaf doesn't really understand how to cool its batteries down. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And yeah, <laughs> so, if you uh, bought what yeah. one of those like in Arizona or or other places yeah. that are really hot, it, it it's probably yeah. going to burn the batteries out. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to buy an electric car. Hence why I'm I, I'm interested in all of this. Um, but I won't buy an Elon Musk car. Because it's Elon Musk, um, really? so I don't want to go. Yeah, so I don't. I, I don't want to go. Can you imagine the shame uh, of driving around in a, <laughs> in a car made by Elon Musk? So I'm busy trying to find a decent, uh, a decent uh, electric car, um, which is quite difficult. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, the Teslas do look very nice. But uh, you, you you drive a massive, great gas-guzzling Range Rover, I think, Sam, don't you? Uh, it's an electric hybrid, thank you very much, James. Is it? Oh, Is it? Yes. I did not know that. Yes, there you there go. You go. <laughs> yes. So uh, I get, it gets plugged in at night and we do an electric drive on all local. And I haven't filled up with petroleum for three months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow that's amazing. awesome. That's awesome. So, so I, could not, I could not have a fully electric car. Jesus, I'm, I get stressed when my phone's on 5% yeah. and I'm on a train. <laughs> I, 5% I am... battery on the motorway would absolutely send me to the hospital, I think. Range yeah, I anxiety is what they call that. Well, so, mine's called yeah. a Range Rover and it would have a range anxiety. With it. 
<laughs> so one last question for both of you guys. Um, we've seen the fluctuation in uh, the amount of podcasts that are in the medium today. I, I think, you know, there's over 4 million that have, Mm-hmm. that are active in the podcast index and, and what two and a half million and Apple podcasts. But as you guys look out uh, a couple of years, I've been, I've just been wondering about this whole thing or, I mean, we're totally seeing kind of a reset that's going on around um, shows out there. And there's this little bit of fluctuation going on with new episodes being published. You know, I see it in pod news every day. What one day it's up, Point two, the next day it's mm. down 2% or, you know, it's bouncing around. But as we think about the next couple of years, I guess, you know, th- this is probably really indicative of the economy, right? Is, is kind of what we're seeing having a big influence here. Or do you think that it's not the economy and somehow we're seeing kind of like a, like a reset of, of podcasts and a shift maybe towards larger podcasts and the smaller ones are, kind of not getting the attention and, and fading away because they're not picking up audience too fast. I know it's a complicated question, but I just mm. wanted to just throw it out to you guys. What do you see James and Sam in the market? Are we seeing a shift towards um, a consolidation towards larger shows uh, and less of an opportunity for smaller shows or what direction do you see this going? Mm. Sam, do you want to take that? <laughs> James, you didn't thanks, want to thanks James. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm perfectly happy no, to no, no, jump in. I, I, I know you are. I've done a lot um, of talking. Um, yeah. So I, I'd say this: look, um, advertising is a crap model for monetization of the long tail of podcasts. Right. The reason being that. They don't get Hard to argue with that, money. actually. Yeah, and so Podfade, Podfade is very quick, and 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 yeah. the, the bigger apps like the Apples and Spotify's do not help the smaller podcasters get discovered. They do not do anything. So I think the tools are really bad for discovery. I think the monetization is mm-hmm. really bad, and of course you just get very bored talking to yourself if you're at the long tail because it's just not fun. A lot of hard work for not a lot of return. And I think what we will see is with the new podcasting apps that are adding better discovery tools, better interactivity tools, better monetization capabilities Mm -hmm. that we are going. I said it to Mark Asquith to to captivate when he interviewed me. I said, look, we're going through the web 1.0 to the web 2.0 model. So the web 1.0 was stupid, crazy valuations. Everyone was paying stupid money for pets are us, right? And blah, blah, blah. And then the market just crashed and burned and somebody was going around running around going, oh, well, that's it. The sky's fallen in. The internet's over. The web's done. Let's go back to client server. That's it. And I get the same feeling that we're seeing the same with podcasting. <gasps> Joe Rogan. Oh, all the big exclusives mm. have gone. Oh, the, the market's dead. Advertising's dying. It's all going. And numbers are falling. And then we're just going to see some really smart technologies and businesses and people come back. And the second growth of podcasting will come. And on the back of that, I think people will then find that their time and attention, the value that they have to put into creating podcasts has a return. And with that return will become, uh, I think, more and more people saying, yeah, this medium now has growth that I can get to and I can see Mm. a return on, as opposed to it's Joe Rogan with 300 million and it's Prince Harry and Meghan getting 85 million and no one else getting any of the money. So I think we're just seeing a 1.0 to 2.0 web web crash to web growth. And I think we're hmm. seeing a podcasting 
whatever you want to call it, 1.0 to 2.0. I don't know what we're calling podcasting in this this medium. Anyway, I'll leave that to James to name, but that's my opinion. <laughs> I think I think we're seeing uh, the lull before the next storm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I I look at the numbers and, you know, and I, I sort of pull the numbers apart on uh, the podcast Business Journal. Um, and I actually wonder whether or not the data that we have is right. Um, because you're talking about um, shows, so, you know, um, uh, only 207,000 podcasts were actually updated last week. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at um, actually not that many. It's not, uh, you're not uh, 4.2 4, 4. million, um, you know, there aren't 4.2 million shows out there. Really, there are only 207,000 shows which are being updated right now. So that's uh, Weekly, a, a, right? Weekly. Yeah, right. yeah, on right. a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, you know, an important thing just to bear in mind. But I think also the, the, the numbers... We we keep on seeing these large scare stories about the amount of new podcasts being created is going down and down and down. Well, one of the reasons for that is that podcasters are being more canny in when they launch a new podcast, reusing an old RSS feed so that they all automatically inherit the old audience of that old show. Um, and then they start a show with, you know, with guaranteed audience. Um, that won't appear in any stats as a new podcast, even though it is a new podcast. It's a brand new piece of piece of um, of, of uh, editorial, but they're using an old show's RSS feed to do oh. it. So I think you know the, the, some of the data that we see, particularly from listen notes, but also from the, the the podcast index as well, isn't necessarily telling the entire story in terms of what's going on in the podcasting uh, uh, world. There's a little um, chart that I um, produce on the Podcast Business Journal website, podcastbusinessjournal.com slash data. Um, and that shows the active podcast trend. So the amount of shows which have been updated in the last 30 days. And and that chart um, uh, from uh, August has looked really good. Um, there's been a nice increase in the amount of shows updated over the last month. Uh, from around 325,000 to around 350,000. So there's a good amount of growth there. But I think, you know, it's what are we actually measuring here? Um, And I would much rather look at total time spent listening to podcasts, because that, to me, is much more interesting. Um, And the actual, you know, podcast creation trends, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, still a little bit sort of, I'm not quite so sure where we're going there. Yeah, so I wanted to pull up that page, James, and you could kind of show us. So yeah, if we so if were, you, if you if you just click into podcast creation on that uh, on that page, podcastbusinessjournal.com/data, and then scroll right to the bottom, you should see hopefully a beautiful uh, graph there, um, which um, yeah, which is showing um, podcasts updated over the last thirty days. And you can see big, big jump in September. And I suspect that the reason why it went up so high in September is the end of the summer holidays in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, And so, therefore, lots of shows that were on hiatus during the summer holidays um, coming back again. And perhaps that had something to do with it. But, um, you know, some nice figures, I think, you know, in terms of, the amount of um, creation which is actually happening there. My favourite stat from that page: uh, over on, on average last month, 
there was a new podcast episode posted every 0.8 seconds. <laughs> that is a good, good sound. I'm not quite sure how to relate to that necessarily too much. But, <laughs> yes. but so this, this active podcast trend chart is, it says, um, this graph shows total podcasts that have been updated in the past 30 days, right? Yeah. But what you have on the daily is, or the daily newsletter is podcasts that were updated in the last uh, week, right? Is yes, I think, I think Pod News shows uh, total podcasts updated in the last week, which is on this page as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, here, just, right? Just at the top there. Um, yeah, the reason why I look at um, podcasts updated in the last 30 days for that graph is that it makes it a much easier graph to read. It's, there's much less bouncing up and down. Um, so it's right. just purely, it's just purely making it easy and simple to look at a graph and go, okay, what's the, what's the trend here? Um, so that's why I use the last 30 days in this particular, um, uh, graph, but this is just a little script that sits there and updates every single day from the podcast index, grabs this, you know, information and, you know, and hopefully it helps us understand whether or not things are going up or down um, and, um, you know, and whether or not we should be scared. But I don't think from any of the numbers that we actually have here that we should worry too much about um, the the trends and where, where this industry is going. I mean, clearly, if you contrast these numbers to even four years ago, these, mm. these are these numbers are dramatically higher than Mm. than this medium had even four years ago, um, I think. So, mm. Mm. you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you it go was, back even further than that, it's it, the numbers were probably half of what it was four years ago. So, Rob, I, I would add one thing. James is the person who said it to me many years ago. I see. I do listen to what you say, James. Um, like a library, certain certain podcasts may – not be included in this because they're not updated, but they are complete. So let's take Serial. There is not a new episode of Serial, but Serial will be listened to by new podcast listeners. And so mm. that podcast is not included in the weekly update because there is no new update. That doesn't mean that that podcast has no value anymore. Yeah, I... I, I completely agree and in fact um a yeah. uh, uh, friend of the show evo terra are we allowed to use friend of the show on this show i don't know of course but anyway can. evo evo terra for years uh, and years and years he's a great guy he's in the hall of fame and everything so he certainly is and um his his job uh, uh, right now is writing a uh, weekly newsletter called the end you'll find it at the end.fyi and yep. that is a podcast just about audio fiction podcasts which have finished so it's only for complete audio fiction podcasts. Now, if you look at um, all of the numbers that we've just been talking about here, um, we, we're kind of saying that th these don't matter because they've finished. But actually for audio fiction, hugely uh, important that you can go back and binge on an entire complete audio fiction um, you know, uh, uh, series. So you know, there is definitely something for... Um, the fact that uh, there are completed podcasts out there. Um, the end.fyi is a super uh, great, um, you know, um, newsletter to get if you're interested in that sort of um, in that sort of uh, of uh, thing. And audio fiction, it's not my bag, but it is quite a lot of other people's bags. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the the whole kind of audio books and audio fiction stuff is is mm. really taken off, or, or less probably. Mm. 
six, seven years, whatever. But this is the this is the current number off the podcast index, uh, 4.269 million podcasts that are in the index. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I talked to, to was it Dave about this at one point, and he told me that, you know, you see Apple with like two and a half million, right? But you see the podcast index with, um, you know, 4.2 million. And what's the delta there? I know Apple's gone through and kind of sifted out um, feeds. But I also heard from Dave that, that they've done the same thing here. They've sifted out the feeds. So what's the delta? What's the difference between these two numbers? Yeah, and I think it not, is feeds so that sh- are not submitted to Apple. Is a big oh okay yeah that that could be some some of it I have to say um, uh, again friend of the show Daniel J Lewis um, Daniel, he right. produces some um, podcast industry data as well which I can never quite remember where they are because um, uh, because <laughs> they always move podcastindustryinsights.com. dot com there you go um, yeah. but that that number is the number as, as I understand it that number is the number from um, from Apple Podcasts and. Um, the number that Daniel J. Lewis uh, tracks, and it's remarkably close now to the to number this? where, uh, yeah, where the podcast index is. Oh, um, well, that's good. So, yeah, so there seems to be. Um, so, what's he saying at the moment? Oh no, no, hang on, no, no, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, I've made a mistake. It doesn't happen very often. That never happens. To <laughs> I'm shocked. But you're absolutely right. Yes. So Daniel J. Lewis's stuff, podcastindustryinsights.com, uh, says okay. 2.6 million valid podcasts are in the Apple Podcasts uh, chart. Uh, sorry, in the Apple Podcasts database. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So he also pulls in podcast um, podcast index uh, data as well. Um, but again, that figure is going up, and that figure has been going up. Um, it was 2.5 million November of last year, it looks um, it looks as it'll be as if it'll be about two point seven million for November this year. So that's mm-hmm. another two hundred thousand that we didn't have uh, uh, last year. So there's some quite nice um, quite nice numbers there. But yeah, if you if you want to really d- dig into the data, um, then Daniel's um, uh, site is um, is really good at um, being able to mm-hmm. um, you know end up doing that. Um, so podcastindustryinsights.com, um, I believe. Well. <laughs> He says um, he's been saying on this uh, site for a while that he was going to focus on the um, uh, on the Google Podcasts data as well, but uh, I, I noticed that he's now dropped that. <laughs> Not much point of focusing on the Google Podcasts data now, right? Right, <laughs> that's true. Robert, yeah, Robert, say for for something like Pod fans, we look at this as well very closely. We are pulling. Our, our goal is to pull in about three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand podcasts only. We don't think that there are four point two million podcasts that are going to be updating or that are mm. going to drive an audience. And um, you know, we've built it in such a way that we we pull from the podcast index, we pull the active podcast, we pull the music podcast, which is another. Again, another piece of that index, and then we will pull in what we think are the uh, volume podcasts, the ones that are getting, you know, plus 100 users or listeners. Um, after that, on the long tail, we've got a way where we the listener on PodFans can, in, through gamification, actually suggest a new podcast, and we'll grow our index that way. We've gone from the let's not take everything and add it and then use it to the let's take the most successful, the majority, and then add as we move forward. 
And I think that's the way forward. James, though, quick question. Did the podcast complete tag ever get completed? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, the podcast complete tag, which is actually Apple's. Um, yes, it's part of the it's part of Apple's spec. Apple don't do a very good job of, of actually of supporting their own tags. Uh, well, <laughs> supporting their own tags, but also documenting them for for other people. I've got a bit of a beef with the trailers tag at the moment. Um, but yes, so that that is actually there. So the complete tag is being used by a number of um, by a number of shows. In fact, if you uh, take a look at uh, the Trade Secrets podcast. Um, which, of course, if you remember, was Dave Weiner and Adam Curry's original podcast back in 2004 or so. Um, that show has a complete um, tag in it um, because, of course, it's complete. <laughs> it's not been updated in, um, you know, 19 years. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's that's certainly there. But, um, you know, I guess there's concerns about what happens when you do tick that button. Can you still add more more shows to it you know what what happens there um so you know it's it's something that um i think i think apple could do a better job with um uh, with actually writing proper specification documents rather than flowery um you know nicely um laid out with a beautiful font um uh you know articles i think some proper documentation around uh, the apple podcasts itunes specs would be quite helpful as well yeah yeah, so I wanted to just kind of um, make sure that everybody kind of has a little bit of a clear picture of why these numbers are so wildly different between Apple mm. and the podcast index. And, and, and of course, Spotify's number is even higher. Right. So, you know, there's, there is, and th th this is what, this is what Dave pointed out to me too. And I talked to him about it is that, is that there are lots of shows out there that are self hosting, right? Mm. So they're, mm. They're hosting their own podcasts on their own dot um, com, or um, I know this plays into Todd's conversation, but but they never submit to Apple, you know. And and, and Adam Curry is a good example of this too. His his podcast, as far as I know, isn't submitted to Apple either. So so, but it's available on other platforms, mm, um, mm. but not you know in in Apple or Spotify or any of those bigger platforms because he. You know, he doesn't want to support those folks, actually, mm, at the end mm. of the day, I think. Um, but that is a big reason why there's a discrepancy between these two that's so broad. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of shows. Yeah, there's a massive, a massive difference. And, you know, Spotify, I think, uh, Spotify's number is actually going down. Um, and occasionally they release a new number, but it was some, something like five five point three million. 5.3 million. Um, but, of course, Spotify is full of an awful lot of shows which aren't necessarily um, publicly uh, distributed. Know. Well, right. yeah. So there's some which don't have I mean, RSS feeds, but, but also yeah, if, exactly. if you, if you go on any of these services and you search for the word test, the amount of shows that you find <laughs> is really, really high. Even I've done Apple it. Podcasts. I've done it. Yeah. yeah. Even, yeah. even, even Apple podcasts. So I think, um, yeah. You know the the uh, you know look at at the end of the day is is something that might be interesting when the the uh, so Pod News has podcast pages right so it's got a page for every single podcast out there, um, and those pages contain all kinds of information about a particular podcast. Now that's what I tell people. It's not actually true. What Pod News has is it's got pages for every podcast that someone has searched for and clicked on. So. 
Um, you can see all 4.2 million podcasts in the search in Pod News, but that doesn't mean that I've made 4.2 million pages. I've only made a page if somebody clicked on the actual podcast name. That's when it gets into the database. I only have half a million shows in my database. So I've, I've given everybody um, five million shows that they can search through, or four, four million shows that they can that they can search through, but only fi uh, five hundred thousand of those shows have actually been clicked on, um, and that's the only time when it's actually you know been added been added in there. So um, yeah, there is. I think Sam is doing things absolutely right in the Podfans app by making sure that um, he's only importing shows that people actually want to go and have a listen to. Um, I would certainly agree with that. Podfans.fm, by the way. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, James. Well, let's let's uh, wrap up the show. Once you guys both share your contact information and how, how people can reach out to you and take advantages of the things that you're bringing to the market. So, James, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to throw to Sam. Okay. Um, uh, please uh, uh, get Pod News. It's a free newsletter, podnews.net. Uh, it's very good. Uh, there is a, another, uh, another podcast that you might want to get, which is called New Podcast Trailers. And uh, all it's got in it is podcast trailers from all kinds of different shows. It updates every single day. So if you're looking for something new to listen to, new podcast trailers, you'll find it in your favorite podcast app and also in Spotify. Um, and uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm james at crid.land uh, is my email address. That's james at crid.land. Sam. Go yeah, ahead, Sam. Uh, well, James and I do a podcast weekly uh, together, so Pod News Weekly. Uh, so get that wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I do Podfans, which is this brand new podcasting 2.0 app that I'm building and releasing. Uh, so yeah, um, the doors open, the wait lists removed at the end of this month. So yeah, happy days. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to get in there and start using it more. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, by then we'll have the 350,000 podcasts that we think are worth having. And uh, yeah, so we've been adding, th th there's a big bugbear of mine with the hosts in this industry of ours at the moment, which is uh, garbage out. Um, they are not verifying the data in and we are finding a lot of RSS that is just garbage out. Um, and mm. I just don't understand it. I, I keep asking, I had a word with Tom Rossi at Buzzsprout and... I've had words with uh, RSS Blue. Why you, you you use magic mastering? You do all these great audio things and blah blah blah, and you're AIing everything. Why can't you just do simple field validation? Get us into trouble with Buzzsprout. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! They don't listen to us anyway. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well. But, yeah, who knows? That could be possible, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Oops. Well, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm Rob Greenlee, and you can certainly reach me online, too, um, at Twitter. I have my own website, robgreenlee.com, and obviously go to newmediashow.com to catch uh, all the archives on this show. We've got uh, plenty. I think we're over 566 episodes or something like that. And and if you want to send me an email, you can certainly send it to rob.greenlee, G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E, -E -E, at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and i'm sure todd will be back um soon at some point but in the meantime i'm gonna keep keep the lights on and the the stream going here on this the show so thank you for being with us today and and i think 
we had some steady listeners that went uh, the full duration here. So I guess there are some folks, they're probably on the older end of the spectrum, probably if they stayed with <laughs> us this long. So, so thank you so much, everybody. And we'll be back. Uh, I don't know if we'll be back next week or not. I think it's that's um, Thanksgiving timeframe. So I don't think so. So, but anyway, um, have a great time. Thank you both James and Sam for, uh, taking time out. I know it's really early in the morning for you, James. I appreciate it. Go back to bed or something, but anyway, (laughs) all right. Bye everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.